With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress firm. <laughs> the first cup of coffee, it was awful. Meet Rod Johnson, co-founder of Black & Bold, a premium specialty coffee and tea company powered by Shopify. The journey of Black & Bold started with us opening our online Shopify store while we were burning beans in my business partner's garage. Shopify allows us to stay true to our mission by having an easily customizable and responsive site that make it very easy for novices to try their hand in becoming entrepreneurs. I was able to do it without any technical background, and I'm very grateful for Shopify. My advice to anyone thinking of starting a business is to just start selling on Shopify today. When you're ready to share your business with the world, grow it on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform trusted by millions of businesses like Black & Bold. Get a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free22 and start selling wherever your customers are with easy-to-use tools and friendly 24-7 support. Go to shopify.com slash free22 right now. Shopify.com slash free22. Greg Lovelady, head baseball coach here at UCF, and you're watching the Sons of UCF Live. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trace Falco. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, Mike, hello to you. Mike, thanks for joining us. How's it going, guys? I gotta find a I'm new a, way to enter, enter every episode, I guess. What are you trying to be like, Kramer? Is that what it is? It is yeah. <laughs> I'm disoriented tonight. I'm in Studio B here at the Sons of UCF compound, so disoriented. I got a lot of buttons in different places, but we're going to make it work for you guys. At least Samuel L. Jackson followed you over to the new studio. So he always good. does. Every time I go someplace. <laughs> always, I mean, dinner, he's behind me. I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, breaking news this Thursday, the 2022 UCF football schedule released. And the big party is the September 17th weekend at Mike's Place as UCF travels to Fort, uh, to Boca Raton to play Florida Atlantic. What do you guys think? What's your initial reactions? A couple of midweek games. I know you don't like that. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't love him, but I think I'm okay with where they are placed in the schedule. Um, he, I think here's the the net net of it, right? So basically, our first seven games, our first seven weeks, if you add in the bye week, we we don't leave Florida, right? Our only road game is at FAU, so we basically go the first seven weeks out without leaving Florida. But the back half of the schedule, then we got some tough ones. We got two back to back road games and Cincinnati on that backside. So the front part of the schedule definitely sets up nicely for UCF. Uh, again, a lot of home games staying in the state of Florida, so that's a, a nice win. Uh, obviously, the the opponents are uh, are pretty formidable, but outside of SMU and believe it or not, South Carolina State, nobody else in that top uh, part of the of the schedule had a winning record last year. So definitely think there's some some something to feast on there. Less travel, more accommodations, and maybe some teams that aren't quite as good as they should be. So you think that early part sets up nicely. Mike, uh, yeah. JP Gilbert calling for fifteen and zero. I think oh, perhaps you may echo the same. So is Mario. <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that show, I think, right before the season starts when we do the breakdown of the schedule, right? But it does look favorable. Like you said, early on, we got a lot of home games. The, uh, kind of a middle finger that the the AAC gave us with a couple of Thursday night games. The first one, probably our choice against South Carolina State, but the Temple game on a Thursday night, where's the draw there? I don't know about that. That's going to be a tough one for a lot of people to get to. Um, for Louisville Friday night's not bad. You can still take a half day and make it out there if you're from out of town. Um, the, the one that scares me the most, just looking at it quickly is at Memphis. They're coming off a bye that week. We're coming off the game against Cincinnati. Uh, it's a road game, obviously. So that, that's probably the toughest game I think on the schedule that stretch Cincinnati at Memphis at Tulane there at the end of the year. Yeah, that was a comment that we received this afternoon from at Nitro Gus Bus. He was asking what we thought would be the toughest game. And he voted that Memphis one thinking coming off of that tough game. Uh, with Cincinnati. I got to like how UCF really released these today. A who's who uh, announcing each game on social media. You had McKenzie, uh, you had uh, Blake Bortles, Adrian Killens, Austin Heff said the videos from the former players announcing each game. Genius. Another win for the uh, marketing department, social media guys. Yeah, that was really cool. And not only did they just have those guys, but they had them um, with games that they had big plays in previous, right? So you had Blake against Louisville. Uh, you had Titus Davis against Cincinnati, AK against Navy. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, obviously, with a sack against South Carolina State. So not only did they just find, you know, seven or eight, <clears throat> excuse me, J.J. Wharton, too, by the way, against Temple. Not only did they find, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten really good players, but they found games those guys made plays. And I thought that was a really creative tie-in. I haven't seen that yet. I just heard about it a couple of minutes ago. I went searching for it right before the show started. Still haven't seen it. So I'm going to check that out afterwards. And uh, you'll note the uh, game against the Cows, perhaps not Black Friday, uh, listed as a Friday, maybe a Saturday, depending on the quality of the other AAC games scheduled that day. Our friend uh, Drew at Statboy Drew said, what's the over-under on number of people going to complain that the war might not take place on Black Friday? course we won't know until the season unfolds but uh, i'm sure there are going to be some folks that do gripe about that yeah i mean that, that is a bummer right i think we all look forward to that but i'm actually surprised this hasn't happened before because last year obviously the game was was kind of a, a a stinker at least in terms of a national perspective i think they got lightning in a bottle with 2017 but this gives them flexibility if you read the, the little fine print there's there's essentially three different games they could choose between on that day so I think it's a, a situation where ESPN ABC wants to see what the better game might be at that point in time and then shoves uh, shoves us off basically due to the cows, right? Because we all know they're not going to be any good. Uh, so shoves us off into uh, into the Saturday time slot. So that would be a bummer to lose that Black Friday um, time slot. But from a TV standpoint, I guess I understand why you'd want to have some flexibility there. I never really cared if it was on Black Friday or not, to be honest, especially on the road. 
not, it doesn't make a difference to me. The first four times we played these guys, we played them early in the year. I think that may even set up for a better game if it were to happen that way. I know it's not going to happen this year, but early in the year, both teams still alive early. You know, they have maybe first conference game of the year would have been cool. There's a lot of riding on it. Sometimes when we get to the end of the season, the cows are dead. I mean, all we're hoping for is not to lose to a bad team. Uh, the schedule sets up with the road games in Boca Raton and UCF's other hometown in Tampa. So most of these games are in the state, just true road, uh, three true road games at New Orleans, at Tulane, and at ECU, at Memphis. Memphis perhaps maybe the only cold weather game perhaps on the schedule. You know how Memphis can be at a period of time right there in early November. And everyone UCF lost to a year ago comes to the bounce house this year. Yeah, I got, so for me, I've got Louisville circled. I, I think that's a game where I'm not accusing them of hitting everybody's knees last year, but we had like seven guys with knee injuries mm. against Louisville. So for me, this is a revenge game that we need to have back badly. They're bringing back Malik Cunningham, the quarterback who basically ran all over his last year. What did T. Will and the defense learn? Obviously, this will only be the second game of the season, so will they have enough time to gel? For me, if I'm circling a game, obviously Cincinnati's a big one, don't get me wrong, but I want that Louisville win because I think we have some unfinished business with Louisville couple classics that we played with them the last two times up in Louisville. They've never been here to Orlando, right? Not even way back. No. So um, that's going to be a fun one on a Friday night. The place is going to be packed. It's the second week of the season. The first week's a warm-up. That, that game against Louisville is going to be the real kickoff to the season. That's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to the FAU. Obviously, it's down here. It's only a 20-minute Uber ride for me. A good tailgate party, maybe a son's tailgate party there? Should be. We should definitely set something up. Here's the issue I'm having now. No, I'll work around. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's February 17th. <laughs> this happens every year. This happens every year. My wife's birthday is September 14th. So I'm going to have to convince her that we're either going to have to celebrate that Friday night after Louisville, uh, the Saturday night after Louisville, or Friday night before uh, the FAU game. I don't know. We're going to have to figure something else out. But um, I've always got that little dilemma there early in the season. You got a lot of time to figure that yeah, one out. I, yeah, you go. You go that Friday. You go nine nine. You go Saturday that before her birthday. Nice little time out with the family and the friends. You're good. Problem solved. All right. Yeah. Tell her that. Let's see how she. I mean, she is she there? Bring her on. Yeah. It could work. Her birthday doesn't actually fall on the game day, which I've had that issue before. The Stanford game was her 40th birthday. The uh, the Penn sure State game in 2008. Age drop, oh, age yeah. drop, unnecessary. <laughs> this is not helping your cause. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, some, sometimes I can't get around it. Also, this season I looked at the schedule too. My mom's birthday is one of these games, and my sister's birthday is the other day. So I'm going to have to you know, come up with some creative excuses on those days. You got plenty of time <laughs> to figure this out. What do you think the most attractive road game though? New Orleans, Tulane. Folks like to party there, and a good reminder that when UCF leaves the AAC. Your road destinations will include places like Manhattan, Kansas. Well, to find attractive, I think obviously FAU, a lot of alums will be able to get down there and watch that game. It should be a, hopefully a winnable game. Willie Taggart on the sideline, no, no love lost with Willie T. So that could be attractive. I will get out right now. Sleeper game, trap game, the 22nd at ECU. That's the week before Cincinnati. ECU wasn't terrible last year. They were 7-5. and five. They played as tough at home. We're going there. It's always kind of a sleeper situation. Remember two years ago, that's the game we had 19 false start penalties to start the game off. Yeah. Always a bit of a weird scene. That's the Hell Perryman scene. Always some weird stuff happens at ECU. So the week before Cincy, trap game, ECU. Book it. Is Holton Ayler going to be back for his? He's like, yeah, he's like, he's not like your seven point. or something. Uh. Yeah, see, him and him and your wife both had their fortieth birthday recently. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, that could be an interesting one, especially if they get off to a good start and their crowd's into it. There, that could be a tough place. 
at Tulane late in the year. Maybe a tough one as we're winding down there. Um, the, the rest of the schedule, I mean, SMU is not going to be easy. That's going to be a hard, a tough home game too. So yeah. we'll see how this thing goes. We got to get our quarterback situation settled first. Well, that's after Georgia Tech too, right? So we go, we go Louisville at FEU, then home for Georgia Tech. The first time I think I saw in the press release, the first time two Power Five quote unquote teams have visited the bounce house in the same season. So Georgia Tech, by the way, getting no favors. They play Clemson, Old Miss, us, and then Pitt for mm. the first five games. No favors. Mur- murderers row for them. Yeah. The schedule sets up nicely. There are always going to be some things that you don't like. There's a couple of uh, wrinkles in there that, you know, you'd like to perhaps not have. But overall, a lot of games at home, close road destinations, some favorable matchups, some revenge against teams you lost to a year ago. So I think it sets up nicely. And spring camp just a couple of weeks away. Spring game coming up on April 16th. So season uh, is uh, we're going to get to continue to talk about football here. And, uh, you know, the schedule release is just a big part of that. Uh, we turn now to uh, to baseball. Baseball in the news because uh, the, the Knights uh, – begin their season on Friday night. I know that uh, Coach Greg Lovelady is one of those on uh, Mike's uh, warm seat, hot seat. Mm -hmm. It's a question we get in the mailbag. Had a nice uh, 30-minute sit-down with him this week in his office. You can find that on the Sun's YouTube channel. He revealed to me and now released uh, everyone uh, that the uh, starting pitching for this weekend is going to be David Litchfield out of the bullpen. He'll be the Friday night starter. And then uh, Connor Stain, who comes in as a transfer, and Hunter Pattison, who you thought might have been the Friday starter. This is a team that was 31 and 30. You know how close they've been, losing uh, 11 one run games a year ago. What are your expectations? Uh, the league looks like the coaches say fifth is where they have the Knights, and it doesn't seem like that is going to be quite good enough for Night Nation. Yeah, improvement, Trace. I think it's just been we haven't had a chance to make the uh, the tournament, the playoffs, if you will, um, in, in a few years under Greg Lovelady. Started off really hot when he when he first took over, but you've seen kind of a downward trend a little bit. I mean, they're playing well. Last year, we forget they got to the conference championship game. I know we all forget that because the season expectations probably weren't met, but they battled all the way to the championship game. I think you want to see just more consistency overall. And one of the things that we're going to talk to our guests about here a little bit is just the ability to win close games. It was not something that they were strong in last year. Do you have that growth this year? Are you able to win the close games? Uh, and can you be more consistent and, and make a, a solid run at some postseason play? Pitching. It's always about pitching. If you got two really good starters, that goes a long way. It saves the bullpen. Uh, that's going to be the key. How Litchfield transitions from the bullpen to becoming a starter now is a big part of this season. And then you got guys that came in last year that were highly touted. Alex Freeland was supposed to be a superstar last year as a freshman, sophomore year. Let's see if he can make that jump. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Coach Lovelady talked about is the way he started was strong, then he slumped a little bit, then he rebounded. And uh, another thing is, you know, with the COVID impacted schedule, they were playing four games uh, over this weekend, double headers, and that taxes a pitching staff. And I know, same for everybody, but. Uh, that will even out this year. One of the sound bites uh, from Coach Lovelady from that 30-minute interview is what his expectations are going into 2022. Hoping that you know now that kind of COVID is for the most part behind us, and again we, we've got the culture where we want it. We got a bunch of dudes that are really hungry. I'm I'm thinking that you know we, we've got the momentum of where we want to go and, and excited about it. Uh, again, Alex Freeland, Jeffrey Pena, Tom Jostin, all AAC contributors on this team. On paper, at least, you don't know what the injury situation is going to be, but on paper, they get a lot more experience back, a lot more depth uh, going into the season. 
Yeah, again, we say this every year, though. It feels like they have pieces, they have players, they have they have dudes. As, as We got to get used to this, by the way. Malzahn has guys. Lovelady has dudes, right? So they got dudes that you think are going to be able to contribute. But A, can they stay healthy? And B, and, and Mike's spot on, it's, it's pitching, right? Can we can we be consistent night in and night out with our pitching staff, particularly coming out of the bullpen when maybe the, the starter doesn't quite have it? I think that's where we've seen some things falling apart. Um, but you would on paper, right? You, you've got the arms, you got the horses. Now, can we put them all together at the same time and make them make them actually a winnable team? And baseball is so much about confidence. You get off to a nice, good start, and that can steamroll the, throughout the whole season. You, you start off, you know, struggling a little bit out of the gate. That can take a turn for the worse. It, it could be a long one before you get things straightened out. That's kind of what happened to us last year. I think we started off against FAU early in the year, and they beat us up a little bit. Took us a little while to recover from that, and they started playing a little bit better towards the end of the year. I think there was a game down in Boca, right? 20 to 15 or something like that. They were on the, the wrong end of that one. I asked him also, Coach Lovelady, about John Rice Plumley, Of course, the two-sport sport athlete uh, recruited to play both football and baseball. UCF is waiting to see if they get clearance for him to play. He's been working out. He's on the roster. Some reports out there that, you know, because he was on the roster and listed on the website that uh, he may be cleared to play. I checked with sports information today. Uh, no clearance yet from the NCAA. So, uh, you know, it also remains to be seen whether if he got that clearance, how effective he would be, you know, having not really had uh, swings and, and, and been playing the game. So perhaps not playing. And I know some fans have said they'd rather see him focused on football anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixed on that, right? Because if he can help the team, even if he's a bat off the bench, right, he comes in, gets a couple of pinch hits here and there, right? Even if he's not fully ready, um, I'm, I'm all in. But I also agree that selfishly i'm probably more of a football person than a, than a baseball guy so i would say i'd rather him throwing those five yard outs to kobe hudson and, and and somebody else but if he can come off the bench and, and steal a couple of, of hits here and there pinch hitting even some spot starts and do some damage i could be in for that too but i would like him at least when he's not in the dugout like throwing some spirals to uh you know i don't know uh, gabe davis off to the sideline or something <laughs> let's talk about this 2022 team a little bit more with a former night player steven branca he joins us now he's going to be doing color on the espn plus broadcast this season steven welcome into the sons of ucf live hey thanks for having me guys i appreciate it and welcome to your new role tell us a little bit about that you've been with yeah. the team as a player you worked as director of operations for a stretch and now you're going to be uh on, behind the mic yeah, so uh, I'd gotten a, a phone call from Greg Lovelady, and he was like, hey, uh, you know, I hope you don't mind. I threw your name out there for this color job. Um, you know, would you be interested before this guy calls you? I was like, you know, yeah, it'd be great. You know, it was a really hard decision to leave uh, last year. You know, we, uh, my family was just growing, so it was one of those situations where I was like, hey, I got a, I got a baby on the way. I got a four-year-old. I was, I was done traveling at that point, but to still be around the boys and uh, be able to do that and help the program. It's uh it's a blessing. It's awesome. So I'm excited. Well, what do you think about this 2022 team? Uh, this is a more experienced team, a lot more depth, and there are lessons to be learned when you lose 11, one run games. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough year. Um, a heartbreaking year in a lot of ways, especially the way we ended. Uh, so that's, that's the focal point, right? Is how that team ended last year. Uh, they got a chip on their shoulder. You know, when you lose to your rival in a conference championship game like that, uh, there's a lot to prove the next year. And I think uh, with with Coach Lovelady and his his mantra and the way he is as a coach, uh, he's definitely going to have those guys right. There's a ton of experience. I mean, yes, you lost Josh Crouch and you lost uh, Jordan Rathbone, two of the top bats in that lineup. But when you look at it, you got Tom Jostin, 
coming back who had a good year as an all-conference, uh, preseason all-conference player. Uh, Jeffrey Pena is the same way. Uh, and Alex Freeland, I tell people Alex Freeland might be the best player to ever come through UCF. Uh, that was after seeing him just my first time last year as a freshman. I mean, the lights go on and that kid's hitting 540 or whatever it was against Old Miss, the number one team in the country. Um, and they brought in some arms, you know, the transfer arms, uh, the returning arms. Uh, there's there's a lot to build off of on that team. And I think it's built for success. Uh, it's young in some places, but it's built to be really good for, for a while. So that's exciting. Steven, if you were to uh, maybe, let's say you were scouting for a rival uh, opponent of UCF's and you had to kind of lay out, what are the things they do really well that, that UCF can beat you? And where are the areas UCF can be beat? What would you say are, the, are, are both those two things? Yeah, I think the their, their area of strength is they're going to steal bases. They're going to move the ball around the field uh, offensively. Um, they're going to be able to do some things offensively that are really going to uh, put you against the ropes. You know, they want to run, uh, they'll hit and run on you. They'll do those things in those situations to make you uncomfortable as an opponent. Uh, and on the mound, I think there's depth everywhere. Uh, and so I think maybe this year it might be a little bit of power, might be their weakness. Um, but I, 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 it's really hard to tell at this point. There's so much potential on this team that it's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh you know, as if I were scouting them and, and, and had to go against them, I would just, I would say I'd hunt fastballs because they throw strikes. So you want to, you want to just be aggressive in the zone. They're going to throw strikes. They're going to uh, pound the zone. Uh, they're going to be really good at that. And so uh, you just got to be ready to go. David Litchfield's making the transition from closer to starter and a Friday night starter. What's he going to have to do to make that transition? Is he have to de develop a new pitch to go along with this? Or what, is, what do you think the biggest thing he's going to have to do? He's got one of the best sinkers around. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a sinker guy, and, and that thing's devastating. Uh, I think he was our closer last year because he was the guy that had that mindset that could really, you know, be in that role. Uh, did he really have the, the stuff, you know, the, the Jeff Hakinson type stuff that we had the year before where he was – 95 97 in a wipeout slider no he didn't have that and he doesn't have that um but he's really really good i mean he's got a ton of movement on his pitches uh he's actually suited better as a starter i think uh and i was really excited to hear that they were going to use him in that role because i think that's where he's going to thrive you know they could have put him anywhere he, he didn't have to be a friday night guy he could be a a saturday he could be a sunday he could be a midweek guy they put him at friday because that's where he belongs he is the guy that's got the right mindset uh, and the right stuff to get you five, six, seven innings at times and really get you where you need to be to win a ball game. What do you like about the Saturday and Sunday starters that Coach Lovelady is named in Connor Stain and Hunter Pattison? Yeah, Connor Stain, so, you know, transfer from Maryland, right? So he's got some great experience coming into this. You know, pitching in the ACC, uh, it's no joke, right? You're going against great opponents week in and week out. Uh, and so for, for him to have that experience and come in on Saturday uh, and really be there for some of those young arms to teach them as well uh, is it, huge. But Hunter Patterson, I mean, if you look at him and what he did at the end of the year last year, I mean, he was a guy that we leaned on at the end of the year. He was a guy that, I mean, you needed a great start out of somebody. He was the guy that was going to do it for you. And when he's on, he, he could be one of the best pitchers around. I mean, he is that Chris Sale type. 
left-handed arm that could really get some guys out. I mean, he could, re- he could really pitch. Uh, and there was times, you know, he's 94, 95 from the left side with, with a really good breaking ball as well. And a good changeup. I mean, he's, he's a guy that, you know, if, if he's on, he's anybody's Friday night guy. So he's, I mean, the depth, like I said at the beginning, the depth is, is incredible. Uh, it's just whether or not they're, they put it all to work. And I think they can, I mean, they got great coaches. They got great leaders. Um, this team, I'm telling you, I got an inside look at it for two years. Uh, and it's, it's special what they're doing there. That program is, is really on the rise. It's really a special place. Back to the position players for a second. We know Freeland, Pena, Joe, so we know those are the guys. Give us the name of a guy maybe who's under the radar who you think is poised for a nice breakout season from the, uh, from the position player groups. Yeah, so I think Michael Brooks might be that guy, right? He transferred in from Arkansas, um, didn't get a chance to play last year. And so he, he kind of he got to know the program and kind of got to fit into to what they were doing there. Uh, but didn't get a chance to play. And, and so I think that's a guy – I mean, anytime you get an SEC transfer to come in, right, uh, it's a guy that you're hoping can really bolster the offense. The other guy, I think – and I've known him since he was probably – shoot, he might have been six years old since I've known him – is Cole Russo, uh, the Tampa area kid, played a Jesuit, uh, grew up in a baseball family, uh, had a ton of success in high school was actually surprised he didn't get drafted uh, in a position to, to really make a tough decision for him. Uh, so he's got a chance to be somebody special. John Montez is a kid from last year, too, um, who kid out of Puerto Rico, played some infield for him. He's got a chance to be a really, really special player as well. Uh, so outside of those, those all-conference guys, I mean, you've got some guys that have experience and some guys that can really break out this year. We went to school. We graduated 20 years ago. We've been following this program a long time. It seems like the team was just as good, if not even better, back in those days. Uh, Jason Arnold, Justin Pope, and those guys. What's it going to take for this program to consistently be at the level where we need it to be winning regional tournaments and things like that? You know, it it all comes down to to pitching in the end. It's it's getting those arms. I mean, when you go into a conference weekend – uh, that's what wins you games is pitching. Uh, and so the arms that they're getting in on a consistent basis is is starting to get to the point where it's like, you know, these guys are choosing between those those power five top end schools and, and UCF. And and so we, we're on the right guys. We're, we're talking to the right people. We're trying to get the right people in. And, uh, and they're doing a, a great job of getting those guys in. And it, it's kudos to those coaches, you know, Nick Adi, uh, and Ted Tom, uh, they crush it on the recruiting trail. And so it's a tough job trying to find players in a, in a, uh, it's a really an era that, that recruiting has gone crazy, right? These kids are recruiting in eighth grade, ninth grade and stuff like that. And, you know, who knows what they're going to be, but uh, it's that consistency in, of keeping up with kids and finding the right kids to, to be able to, to recruit, to make you a top notch program, right? That's, it's the players that make it. Um, but these coaches have done a great job putting uh, putting them in a great position to succeed, but also getting the right guys in. UCF released an all-star lineup of uh, hurlers that are going to throw out the first pitch this weekend. Terry Mahajer on Friday for the 6 yeah. o'clock game against Siena. Mackenzie Milton Saturday and three-time AAC Track Athlete of the Week, Renia Jones, on Sunday. Uh, if you had to pick one, who do you think throws it uh, the best? Mackenzie, um, by far. I mean, so he, he's already a baseball guy. The guy loves baseball. Um, 
you know, at a, when he was at UCF, he used to go volunteer at some of the local uh, Babe Ruth parks. Uh, so he's got a great heart, and uh, we all know he's got a great arm. So he's definitely the guy that's – he's got the best chance. You know, he's just got the most reps. So when you – practice makes perfect, and he's he's definitely got uh, – he's got the most practice. Stephen Branca, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck in your ESPN Plus debut with the Knights. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys having me. All right. We'll see you again. Thanks, thank you. Hey, don't sleep on Mohadra. I bet you that guy's going to go out there throwing cheese, dude. He ain't going to hold he's back. He's got some biceps, bro. He's been in the gym. I mean, I think he's he played football for a while. He was a D-back, though, so I don't know if he threw the ball ever. But he sounds like he's up for a challenge. I don't know. He's going to he's gonna let it loose. I can guarantee you that. He may tear something when he's trying try to throw out that first <laughs> He may tear something. Uh, we're about 30 minutes or so away from tip-off between the Knights uh, and uh, Houston Cougars. Uh, men's basketball, late start, 9 o'clock Eastern start, so it's good that you could join us for this beforehand. Uh, so just wrapping up on baseball, Mike, cautiously optimistic or show me the money? You want to see it? No, I always go into every baseball season optimistic. Major League Baseball, every team's got a chance. Opening day is the, the best day of the year. Uh, I, I feel like this team, if we get hot, we have talent on this team. We, we, we mentioned the bats, the pitching. Um, he made me feel a little bit better about that pitching staff. So uh, I feel good. I feel good. I, I, I like it better when we're – kind of looked past a little bit. You said where they're picking us to finish fifth in the conference. I'd rather that than be picked first. And then that's kind of where, you know, things get to your head a little bit. Now this team's got a little chip on their shoulder. I like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, turning to men's basketball, the Knights defeated uh, Tulsa, our nemesis that the Knights will face on the road in a couple of weeks, 76, 67, 15 and eight overall, seven and six. They're nearly 14 point underdogs tonight at Houston. Houston reeling a bit with two straight losses. It's going to be a tough stretch uh, for the Knights. They return home. They've got ECU and then Cincinnati with a late start next Wednesday at nine o'clock. That wraps up the home schedule for the season. This one seems like a tall task tonight at Houston, though. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the problem, though. If if you've seen this team play all season long, if I come on this show next Thursday and tell you we lost by 20, you're going to go, yeah, well, you know, our number was up. If I come on and tell you that we won by 20, that Brandon Mayhan hit 8 of 10 threes, that Darren Green hit 9 of 11 threes, that Darius Perry hit 5 of 6 threes, you'd be like, yeah, I've seen that before, too. So I don't think we ever really know what night's team we're going to get on the court. Now, you would think to yourself, talent at some point. Houston's is a veteran team. They played together a long time. They were a Final Four team last year. They've got a bunch of guys coming back. Well-coached basketball team. Yes, the, the order is a tall one. But if you get hot shooting, and we've seen UCF pull this off before, anything can happen. It just depends on are we going to be able to do that. And how do we start the game? We've been sluggish on a lot of games to start. Yeah. We get in Memphis. that 20 – Yep, we get in that 20 to 8 hole or we're down 17 to 5. Yeah. And then you have to shoot your way out of it. And then you stop playing defense. So can we start fast? Can we at least be in it early? And if guys are hitting shots, I mean, we've we've won games like that before. I mean, it's a tall tale, don't get me wrong, but I think there there is a glimmer of hope if you really want to see it. Yeah, we're gonna need a couple of guys to be hot tonight. We can't just rely on one hot hand. It's gonna take a few guys putting the ball in the hoop. Uh, a couple of years ago in the 19th season. Remember, that, that season was going kind of similar to this one. We weren't lighting the world on fire. And then that game at Houston, that, that college game day game, is really where we stepped up. Colin Smith had a big game. Aubrey Dawkins had a big game. And that lit the fire for the rest of the season. We finished hot and ended up making a run in the tournament. So let's see if these guys can do something tonight that will spark this team. As was just said, it can't just be one of these guys that's hot. And how many of these games this season have you seen Darius Perry, Brandon Mahon, and uh, Darren Green Jr. all be hot 
on the same night. It just doesn't happen very often. One or maybe two, but certainly not Michigan. all three. And, and even that was, they were behind uh, by a good bit in that one. I think the key, though, is they have to get off to a positive start. they got to hang with them for a while, settle the crowd down, and uh, remind Houston maybe why they've lost two straight. I, I don't even need them to be hot. Just consistent, right? I mean, at least make good basketball plays, play good defense, at least be consistent. I think that's the that's the challenge we've had is they've been inconsistent with shot selection, you know, with with how much time's on the shot clock before they shoot. You know, um, Darius Perry has a bit of a tendency at times to kind of come down and, and create his own thing, maybe when someone else has got a hot hand. So I say consistency is really where we want to be at right now. Yes, it'd be great if all three can you know be on fire at the same time, but if that's not the possibility then be consistent, play your role, play within yourself, feed the ball to the guy who is hot and play good defense. You still can be in games. It's just we haven't seen that consistently enough this year, from, from my opinion. Well, let's yeah. welcome in the uh, the standout from the ESPN Plus broadcast the other night. He is former Knight B.J. Taylor, a sharp-dressed man who looked mm. great for the part and performed very well behind that mic on Monday night. Well, I appreciate that, Trace. Thank you. Uh, obviously, my first time, so was very excited. Had a lot of nerves to start. Um, but again, I thank you guys for allowing me to use this platform to, you know, maybe show off some of what I, I could bring, you know, to the table for ESPN. So I thank, you know, I appreciate you guys for allowing me to come on every week. Uh, BJ, let's listen to this soundbite. Coach Dawkins was asked in the post game, how did BJ Taylor do in, you know, his ESPN Plus debut and just, just having you there on the broadcast crew? Let's listen to that. Look, and he looked good out there. <laughs> Suit and tie, you know, I, I was happy to see, you know, BJ, of course, go out there and have that opportunity. Uh, you know what he's meant to our program here and, and to UCF, man. What a great you know, role model he's been. I mean, he's been great for this university, our program, and everything. So uh, I'm glad he's getting this just due because that's a great opportunity for him. But uh, he's going to be terrific at whatever he chooses to do because he just has that it factor. That it factor. That is tremendous right there. Yeah, no, I was I was happy I could still put a smile on Coach's face. Uh, <laughs> you know, so he doesn't he doesn't smile a ton. So I mean I'm happy that I was able to, you know, do that. And again, you know, just be able to highlight the guys that we have in the program right now, right? That, that's the biggest thing, you know, through what I'm doing and, and broadcasting, being able to highlight, you know, all the athletes in the American conference. Um, and as they continue on in their careers, just, you know, try to put them in the best light. You know, I have to be critical at times. Um, it's never personal, but like, like I said, just, you know, be there for those guys and continue to try to, you know, document what I'm seeing from their careers. What has to happen tonight at Houston to uh, put a smile on Coach's face? Yeah, uh, well, we have to match them on the offensive boards, right? Uh, Houston is number one in the conference in offensive rebounding with 12.8 offensive rebounds per game. And, I mean, their their sort of conference accolades don't stop there, right? They're, they're number one in offense rating, they're number one in defense rating. And if you don't understand, you know, what those two ratings are, they're, they're basically advanced analytics on how well a team defends and how efficient a team is on offense. Um, and they're number one in, in both of those categories, right? And a couple of, you know, more simple statistics, they're number two in assists, they're number two in rebounds, they're number one in a point, an opponent's points per game. So they, they present, you know, an enormous challenge, right? So for our guys, I think the biggest thing is figuring out how we can get the three ball off. I know it sounds, you know, like I, I repeat this every week, but our guys are, are 12 and two when we make 10 threes or more in games. And in games that we don't make 10 threes or more, the success doesn't seem to be the same for this team. So I think the biggest thing is continuing to, you know, sort of take the shooting prowess that they had the other night against Tulsa and bringing that on the, the road to Houston. 
Back to Houston for a second. Last time we played them, Josh Charlton killed us. 13 points, 15 boards. What do we need to do specifically to kind of neutralize him or at least maybe uh, reduce his output this game? Yeah, Josh Carlton is an interesting story, right? Because he transferred from UConn, where I played against him when he was a freshman, and he was a, he was a solid player, you know, a, a kind of a rebounder, a screen setter, and now he's grown into this role at Houston, where he's become more of a, a, a more staple of their offense, especially with the injury to their leading scorer Marcus Sasser earlier in the season. So I think for us, Mbake and CJ are going to be huge down low, defending him, trying to to make it as difficult as possible for a guy like him, because even though he's being more effective and he's, he's their leading rebounder at about 6.3 boards a game, I think he's still someone who is going to rely on his teammates to set up his offense, right? Alongside him is going to be Fabian White Jr. And Fabian White is a guy who's able to step out to the three-point line and kind of create a mismatch. So we've got to be physical with Josh Carlton under the hoop, and we've got to limit, you know, Fabian White's uh, production because he's kind of a uh, inside-outside guy for Houston, kind of does a little bit of everything. Thing. So those two guys, Josh Carlton and Fabian White, are definitely going to be keys for Houston, and, and UCF trying to sort of slow them down is going to be huge. Houston's coming off two losses coming into this game. You think this is a good time to catch them? Are they struggling a little bit, or is this kind of a scary time to get them because they're kind of angry? Yeah, Mike, that's a, that's a good question. You know, it's it's kind of a two-sided, two sides to the coin, right? I've said in the past that teams that are coming off losses are dangerous, so that, that Houston isn't any different, right? They're coming off of two losses, and they've been off now, I think, since last weekend when they played Memphis and they lost. So they've been off for like five days, and I can tell you right now as a player, their practices have probably just been absolute, you know, H-E double hockey sticks. Like their practices have just been, you know, coach yelling, screaming, everything is a problem, everything is bad. And and the guys are probably taking it in now because they've lost. So they're they've been humbled, right? On the flip side, when you lose two games and you start to, you know, kind of go on this downtrend other teams are able to see and really watch the film on what made other teams successful, right? You see this a lot with undefeated teams. Nobody can figure out the recipe for how to beat them. But then once one team has the recipe, everybody else just does the, the copycat, you know, formula, right? So whatever Memphis and SMU did, you know, to kind of cause trouble for Houston, I, I would expect UCF, you know, to do the same thing tonight to try to implement, you know, a similar game plan. So you suspect Kelvin Sampson is a bit of a yeller, a screamer. That's, that's really your your analysis there? You think so? I know I'm going out on a limb there, all right? This is some deep insider stuff you can't get anywhere else. You know, listen, just trust me on this one. You, you can't see this one from the bench, right? You can't see this one from the stands. Just take my word for it. Sampson's a yeller. I know he looks calm. I know he looks relaxed and chill. He keeps his jacket on the entire game, you know, never breaks a sweat. But I'm just telling you, he, he's, he gets a little animated at times. Uh, as we were wrapping up the post game, I asked Coach Dawkins, what does Houston do so well? Let's listen to that. When they're on, I mean, one, they're one of the best defensive teams in the nation. And when they're on defensively, they smother you. I mean, you don't seem like you can breathe out there on the floor. I mean, I watch, our, you know, not just us, but different teams play against them. You, you rarely get a good opportunity, you know, offensively against them when they're really locked in like that defensively. And offensively, I think they complement it with just understanding who they are. You know, they this year, they're more of a post-dominant team, and so they've been going inside a lot to Josh Carlton and to uh, Fabian White. Those guys have been, they've been playing off of those stalwarts and in inside and interior and uh you know when they had Sasser and those guys before the injuries of course they would utilize those guys more so they really do play to their strengths offensively real well and those guys are productive and then they smother you defensively 
hearing that scouting report, what do the Knights have to do to get off to a better start than we've seen them play in some games? They get behind by a lot early, and then they're having to fight back. How can they hang with Houston off the top of this one? Yeah, I think the first thing is going to be very important on the road to, to get good shots, right? You want to get good looks. You don't want to take a lot of tough shots and put yourself in a hole, right? To start off on the road, you always want to get out there and get, have the game close, right? Even if you don't have a huge lead, you want, you know, 15, 15, 21, 22, 28, 27 going into halftime, and that gives yourself a chance in the second half because, as Coach Dawkins mentioned, Houston is one of the best defensive teams, not only in the conference, but in the entire country. I mean, they have really athletic guards. They have bigs that are very mobile and can move. And when you have those mobile bigs, you're able to stretch them mm -hmm. away from the floor, but they can also retreat back into the paint. And it doesn't create a lot of scramble situations for everyone else out on the court, which keeps your defense intact, right? So I think for our guys, the biggest thing is we need to run good offense, get Darren Green some good looks to start the game. You know, hopefully Brandon Mahan is able to knock down his rhythm shots and get, you know, the things he was able to do against Tulsa. And you want to play, you know, turn turnover free ball. They held our guys UCF to 34% the last time we played. And that's not a number that you're going to win a lot of games with. So I would say for, you know, for UCF to be successful tonight, you're going to have to shoot over 40% from the field. You're probably going to have to be close to that 10-3, the number that, that we mentioned earlier to, to have success. All right, BJ, I've been doing a lot of research. I figured out how this season's going to go. So you can use okay. this on your next broadcast. You don't even have to credit me for this one, right? Excellent. Here's my analysis. As goes Brandon Mahan, as goes the Knights. The games that he has been on that he's played really well are the games UCF has been playing pretty well in. The games he doesn't, like against Houston last time where he's one of 12, are games that we haven't played as well. So what specifically, you mentioned you were there, obviously you saw uh, against Tulsa. What did you see him do differently to get off to that hot start? And what can he do from that to replicate to future games? Well, against Tulsa to start, he was aggressive. That's number one. As a scorer like Brandon, you've got to be aggressive from the start of the game. So he took his looks and he took the shots that he's comfortable with and the ones that, he, that he's comfortable making, right? And for Brandon, it's not traditional basketball, right? I said on the broadcast the other night, Brandon is one of the more unorthodox players in college basketball just because the shots he likes to take are off the dribble. There was a hand in his face. They're tough shots, but that's what he's more comfortable with, honestly, than a, a traditional drive and kick wide open three point shot that a guy like Darren Green likes. So I think Brandon just has to come out and have that aggressive mentality from the start of the game and, and let you know let chips fall where they may after that. Some nights he's going to make his shots. Some some nights he's not. But he has to be aggressive in terms of taking his looks and he has to shoot over. 10, you know, 10 to 12 field goal attempts a game at a minimum just to give himself a chance to see if he can get it going. Obviously, this is the toughest game remaining on the schedule, a top 15 team on the road. If we pull this one off, the rest of the games don't look as tough. Is it possible we end this season on a seven-game win streak and maybe we're still alive for one of these at-large bits? Well, I'm going to give you a very coach-like answer right <laughs> now, Mike. I'm sorry, but we need to take it one game at a time. Okay, we need, to, we need to get through tonight. All right, Houston's obviously very challenging. This is a very tough one for our team. Um, the idea is obviously to win every game that you that that, that our team has left. Um, but I think you know, get through Houston, and then next is Trace. If you could remind me, who's next? ECU on Sunday at home. Way up, and that was that. You know, that did took till the second half for us to kind of get that going against ECU. Um, so I mean. You know, tonight tonight is going to be a, a huge challenge. It's Houston on the road, and then, like you said, after that, you know, the schedule does have some opportunities to get some some wins in. Um, 
but I would say, Mike, just take it one game at a time. All right. I'm not going to, you know, get your head all riled up and, you know, have you going to sleep tonight, you know, all juiced up and everything. And then, and then I come back next week and then Mike, Mike DJ, you told me we were going to win every game we had left. So we're not going to do that. We're just going to take it one game at a time. All right, Mike. Am I right, though, that in that 19 season, we were kind of having a similar year until that we went to that game in Houston and we beat them. That was a huge one, and, and we kind of sprung board from there. I mean, I know we were a little banged up early in the year, but same kind of a uh, philosophy there. Oh uh, yeah, there's some there's some similarities. Some there, some not so much. But yeah, we we the the last two wins at Houston and the win at home against Cincinnati definitely sealed the deal for us late in the season. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely a similarity um, in that we played Houston late in the season. Both How much played. would your team beat this team by? Just say. <laughs> Which team? This Houston team? No, no. <laughs> this UCF team versus your UCF team three years ago. Okay, all right. Okay. Well, here's here's what I'm gonna say about that. I've been wanting to say this, right? I love the comparisons that that we make between teams and the comparisons that we make between former players and current players and all that stuff is great. But for me personally, we're competing against the other schools, right? Like that's the biggest thing. We're we're competing against the other schools. We're competing against Tulsa. So it it really doesn't matter. Like if the 2017, if the 2011 UCF would have beat the, the crap out of our UCF team, it really doesn't matter, right? Because we're not playing former UCF versus current UCF, right? <laughs> Whatever makes the team successful, you know, right now, that that's what matters. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to give you that answer, Mike. I'm not going to give you that answer. <laughs> if you gave me a call one-on-one, we could talk about it, frankly, okay? But you don't call me, so. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, dear. Everyone, viewer, all the viewers, I talked to Adam and Trace one-on-one outside of, the, outside mm-hmm. of these conversations, and Mike, I see him every Thursday night. That's it. Wait, 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 wait. Are you doing a color cast? And I was on there with the color cast a couple of weeks ago with you. It got it's canceled. It's canceled. My my guy fell through. Yeah. BJ, I'll let you know, I'll, I'll let you know a little secret. Trace and I only talk to Mike on Thursday nights too. It's not just you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how that's how this works. This is like a weekly Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's how this yeah, works. Bye. So, uh, PJ, so we, we, we just had on um, uh, Steven Bronco from baseball. So opening weekend yep, yep. and uh, the, the first pitches are going to be Terry Mohajer yep. and Saturday's Mackenzie Milton Great. and Sunday's Renaya Jones. Great. If we get BJ Taylor out there, are yep. you guaranteeing me a strike? Are you guaranteeing you're throwing that thing right down the plate with some velocity? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. This is this is an all around athlete here, baby. All right, we're working we're working with a lot of different skill sets. All right, I chose basketball because that's what I was best at. But listen, I can give you a little something, something you know, maybe 80, 85 over the plate. Wow, people, I see a lot of people are hyped about um, the, this, this transfer, John Reese Plumley coming in, and how he was a dual sport, how he's a dual sport guy. And I'm like, well, maybe I should have been a dual sport guy. Maybe I would have got a, you know, I could have got the, the basketball love and the baseball love, you know. We got to get that set up. I also talked to Mackenzie Milton while he played that I I could have been his backup, right? I I could have been Mackenzie's backup. Just saying, just saying. Not the not the not the the year the team went undefeated. I could have been his backup. That's all I'm saying. No shortage of confidence. I could have been his backup that year too. (laughs) (laughs) I could have been his backup. Could have gotten me. Before we uh, wrap things up, BJ, women's basketball 
They beat Wichita State. Uh, they outscored them 43 to 16 and a half. They held them to 35 points. They're second in the country here in scoring defense and still just receiving some votes. They're outside that top 25. This is a dominating defensive scrappy team. It truly is. I mean, you got to give Coach Abe and, like I said before, Diamond Battles, Brittany Smith, Massini Kaba, uh, and their entire coaching staff and all of their players. You got to give them a tremendous amount of credit for what they're doing this season. And I know it's coming up on their senior night soon, so I know they would love to have a huge turnout for their senior night game because these girls truly deserve it, right? They have a chance to get the first American Conference basketball title in either sport, right? Men's basketball never won an American Conference championship, and women's basketball hasn't won one yet. And they have a chance to do it this year. So everybody needs to get behind this team moving forward because they have a special team, and they don't get as much love and credit as they deserve. But this team is, is excellent. Now that you're on the airwaves all of the time, you're still working in the basketball training? There's still room to give you a call and arrange that? There is. There is. Yeah. Yep, you can still reach out. We can figure something out. Um, if you have a kid or anybody you know who may be interested in training, anything like that, just reach out um, and, and we can work something out. You know, So I know Mike was talking about a men's league. So, uh, Mike, whatever you need, just bring your ankle braces and Icy Hot, and we can do that. <laughs> you know, if you listen to the, the podcast, the Sun podcast, you might have heard Mike uh, claim credit for your great performance on the ESPN Plus broadcast. So, you know, Mike launches many oh, a career well, here. Well, I was going to say that, guys. Like, one week I need to come in in the first 15, all right? I, I'm like I'm like your second uh, half guy, okay? Yeah. And I know – I know for our basketball team with UCF, I did a lot of second half scoring, but I can do first half stuff too. You know, let me in here for a little football analysis. I don't just, I just want to talk, right? I just okay. want to talk football. Okay? I, just want to talk I like this. I like Noted. this. The Noted. challenge wow. has been put out. Uh, nice. All right. We're about uh, 15 minutes or so away from tip as long as this game ends on time. BJ, thanks so much for joining us. We can't wait to hear you on another broadcast soon. All right, guys. Thank you guys for having me on and enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, nice, BJ. Right. Thanks, Thanks PJ. Uh, quick around the kingdom, 24th ranked uh, softball. They lose over at uh, Clearwater today to Wisconsin. They're four and two now. 100th career win the other night for Coach Bear with UCF. This is a tough one. This tournament has 19th ranked Michigan, Texas Tech, 18th ranked Tennessee, 11th ranked Texas, number fifth FSU. Murderers Row. Let's see how many wins that they can put together. And as I mentioned, uh, Renia Jones, the AAC Track Athlete of the Week, third week in a row, just rename it for her. Let's open that mailbag so we can get you to basketball on time tonight. We got a little walk and talk, a little sound from someone this week, Adam? Yeah, a celebrity guest uh, has, has brought in a question, Trace, and uh, mm. I'll play it for you now. Hey, guys. First time, long time. Love the show. My question this week is for Trace. Trace, I love the walk and talks you do every week, man. When are you going to learn how to flip the videos the proper way? This week, you single-handedly moved the new baseball scoreboard from right center to left center field, and it's driving me nuts. It's very simple, man. All you got to do after you record these videos, you click on edit, you hit the button that says crop on the bottom, and then on the top left, you hit the button on the top, and it flips the video the proper way. Stop making everything backwards, man. Love you guys. Talk to you later. I'll have to rewind this part of the show. <laughs> I, I think I now figured out who uh, who Juan Gonzalez is because <laughs> he's been in the comments all night. Juan and I are probably going to have to have a fight at some point. He's not a fan of mine. Uh, but uh, I don't know who that was, Trace. It was an anonymous uh, walk and talk that came in. Anonymous walk and talk. I will work on that uh, this week. I did not know all of those tips, so I will see what I can do. 
I appreciate it. Well, I've seen the Nicholson Field House with the letters backwards before. Now I see you. You can't confuse Mike like that, Trace. You know better. You cannot confuse Mike like that. I'm glad to know that this is being paid attention to. Uh, so that was a good tip. Uh, we didn't talk about it off the top of the show. We talked about the schedule, but a question that Mary Ashbaugh six is asking is with Cam Good transferring, he entered the portal. How does this impact depth uh, on the, the D line? It, it impacts it a lot. Uh, this is a, this one feels like a loss. It's a large human being. Uh, he played really well in the uh, Gasper Bowl. He made a couple of big plays. Obviously, we brought in a couple of transfer guys, and we're going to get Ricky Barber hopefully healthy. But he was a big part of the depth that we had there in uh, in, in the middle of the of the line. That's a that's a tough loss. That's a really tough loss. Uh, not having Cam Good. Obviously, we wish him the best. We don't know all the specifics. Everybody has their reasons, but that is a pretty significant loss from a defensive line standpoint. Yeah, obviously, we've added a couple of guys. Lee Hunter coming in over from Auburn. That's going to be a big help. But depth is always an issue, especially when there's injuries. And you never you can't account for how many guys are going to get injured as the season goes along. So if we're going to miss them. Hopefully we can plug that hole with somebody else. At S. Morrow, Scott asking, which of the current NFL Knights do you think will be the first to make a significant contribution in a Super Bowl? Put me down for Gabriel Davis and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, significance is the word of, of opportunity there, right? Because you, you may see a guy who gets to the game but not has a chance to play. I think Gabe Davis is probably playing the most right now, and the, his team is positioned the best. I mean, Buffalo has been playing really well. If, you had, if I had to give a sleeper, I mean, maybe Traquan Smith, but I don't think the Saints have the quarterback situation figured mm-hmm. out. So I think Gabe Davis is probably the, uh, the right answer here. Yeah, it's got to be the answer. The Bills are the closest to get to the Super Bowl, and we saw what he did. The last time he was on the field, four touchdowns in one game, Al Bundy style. Uh, you want me to be a homer? Aaron Robinson, when the Giants get to the Super Bowl in a couple of years, two interceptions, one return for the touchdown. What about Matt Prater? The Super Bowl is in Arizona this coming season, and each of the last two teams that hosted won. So, Well, they're, their quarterback's too busy deleting his Instagram. I don't yeah. know if they, have, uh, if they have the squad for that right now. Uh, at J.P. Gilbert. Mike, uh, how do you rank Coach Greg Lovelady's hot seat? Mild, medium, or hot? I'll put it right in the medium right now. Obviously, we've had this discussion for the last few years. Just like Johnny Dawkins, he's going into year six. Usually when coaches come in, you give them three, four years to get things going. This program's kind of gone back a little bit the last couple seasons. So let's see if he gets this thing straightened out. Nobody's in the hot seat opening day. Talk to me a month into the season. I'll let you know. A new segment, Mike, debuting on this week's show are bowl projections for the 2022 season. (laughs) Brett McMurphy out with his this week. UCF versus Virginia in the military bowl prompted the question from at 911 underscore black underscore gold on Twitter. Since McMurphy put out his first bowl projections, what are your projections for UCF? So let's debut bowl projections for 2022. It's so ridiculous. uh, We don't even know who's going to be on the team. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Let's figure that out first and then see how the injuries go and see how quarterback situation goes. I don't know. Bowl projections are peach bowl. No, I, think what, bowl, I, I guess it would be. Was bowl, it, yeah. Adam, did you ask it on Twitter or was it someone else who asked which segment does Mike hate the most? That was me, was yeah. The, I wanted the top five. Yeah, top five annoyances from like draft grades, NFL combine, bowl projections, preseason watch lists. So there's a There's a good list to be had there, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're getting right into that season now. I mean, obviously, the draft's coming up. Mock drafts 1.0, 5.0, 8.0. They're all coming to your newspapers and uh, websites every single day now from now until April. At Brian W. Peterson, who got called out by another Suns watcher. Don't you ask too many questions? <laughs> I love that. A little night-on-night crime this week on social media. But Brian asked, which UCS sport benefits the most 
from the jump to the Big 12? And uh, which does it hurt the most and why? Well, hurt the most right at the moment is men's soccer because there is no men's soccer uh, offered by the Big 12. So right now they do not have a home. Uh, and I asked Coach Lovely, do you hear that in the interview exclusively on the Suns YouTube channel? Uh, he says, though, with the American, the quality of play in the American is not that different from the quality of play in uh, the Big 12 from baseball. But I think those road trips make it a bit of a different equation for the Knights. What do you guys think? Most difficult. Uh, Got to be men's basketball. Yeah, I think helps the most is obviously football just because of the, the playoff system and now getting access to that playoff system, which is not the same for other sports. So I think football is probably the natural. I agree. I think it's men's basketball, honestly, Trace, because, I mean, the Big 12 is a as a dominant basketball league. You know, we are having our ups and downs mm -hmm. this year in the American Conference, which isn't a bad league. Don't get me wrong, but it's certainly not at that upper echelon of Big 12 play. So I think men's basketball probably takes the initial brunt of that move. But I think football hopefully benefits the most from it. Yeah, football's got to be the, the most uh, benefit off this. We're if we win the situation where if we win the conference, we're at least going to the Sugar Bowl, right? If we win the conference championship game, and we we're uh, in talks for the playoffs every single year. So, uh, at heart is Ian asking when I'm going to get my signature line of selfie sticks. Uh, when can we expect the first uh, deal announcement from me? Which I thought was humorous, since you guys are landing all of the big marketing deals on the Suns Pod. Well, we know you have a tripod, uh, so I mean, I guess that's not too far. Maybe it's all just equipment accessories. Is it could be your thing, right? The the Trace Truco tripod, the Trace Truco selfie stick, you know, maybe some headphones. I think you got a whole line of potential equipment uh, uh, accessories you could put out there. I see people asking you for advice or reaching out for advice on how to launch or run a podcast. So how are you doing with that? Helping other people compete with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always here to help everybody out. Fellow night uh, night fans need support. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm here to to lend an ear uh, as I can. Hopefully, it works out uh, for that uh, that nice gentleman. We'll as we know, there's not enough UCF podcasts. Nope, not there's at none. all. At Lonely B UCF asking as we wrap up here, which jackass stunt would you pick for another co-host to perform? God, sky's the limit on this one. Yeah, um, I can I pick Juan Gonzalez? I'd like to see Juan Gonzalez do something. <laughs> maybe you know, maybe light his hair on fire or something. Maybe Juan Gonzalez can can step in and do the jackass stunt for us. I love Juan. I don't know who this is. Guy is, is this your burner account, Mike? Are you are you tweeting while the show's on? Are you also <laughs> Mike Oresco? <laughs> <laughs> it may be one of my daughters in the other room. <laughs> but, uh, uh, jackass stunt. I I really don't know. I have to be probably something to the nuts and probably either one of you guys. <laughs> Take something to the to the growing area there. Yeah, this also not happening. Tattoos not happening, as we found out earlier. Homemade potato salad not happening. A lot of things are promised, but are not happening. Um, good show this week for you guys. Uh, Dredrick Snelson uh, stopped by to have a conversation. Yeah, we had a chance to catch up with Snelson. Obviously, he's uh, he's been on social media lately. He uh, he's opening his own business. He's got a, a smoothie shop that he's got in the Winter Park area that you guys should check out. But he was kind enough to join us. And obviously, there's probably one question everybody wants to ask Dredrick Snelson, mm -hmm. which would be: He left early in 2018, uh, did not come back for his senior season, and uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, are curious about how he feels about that that decision today. So, well, Mike and I figured we'd ask him for you guys. Uh, no, I probably should have. Probably should have stayed, but it, I mean, I don't, I can't go back. So I just, I rock with my decision. I felt like it was, it was a good decision for me at the time and a lot was going on. So I just felt like it was a good decision for me. 
candid, right? He answered the question. Yeah, you could tell he had a little bit of regret. I think, uh, you know, he, he mentioned some circumstances he didn't want to get into and, and some other factors that led to that decision. Obviously, we talk about this every year and it's easy to rip these kids when they when they don't want to come back. And we say, oh, watch, well, come back, your draft status. But the reality is we never know what's going on in other people's lives. We never know what's happening in and around them. Just last week, we had Rashad Genty who was telling us about some family challenges he was having and, and not not really being uh, comfortable in school. And that sort of led to his decision. So I think while Snelson certainly would have been a, a huge piece of that 2019, team uh i said on the show if you think of a big game ucf played in that 17 18 stretch run i promise you snelson made a big play in one of those games it seems like every game he was making a touchdown catch he was doing something big to help the team out uh, so it was good to catch up with him and good to hear some honesty uh, as he kind of talked about reflecting back on his ucf career yeah we forget how young these kids are sometimes and the advice they're getting and who they're getting it from may not always be the, the best advice uh, he took a chance to, to pursue his dream. You can't fault him for that. But yeah, if he would have came back for that 19 season to go along with Marlon Williams and Trey Nixon and Jacob Harris, that receiving core would have helped Dylan Gabriel that much more in some of those games where we would have needed him. No top five list, Mike? Top regrets, players, uh, second guesses? Mm. Uh, you have to get back to me. You, <laughs> right off the top of my head, no, I don't know. Uh, top five that. guys that left early? How's that? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Blake Bortles, Kevin Smith, Dredrick Snelson. Ah, uh, there's three. I don't know. <laughs> it's now it's now been edited as a yeah. top three list. I like that Mike feels that any question, no matter how obscure, can be asked of anybody else. But when you hit him with something, uh, he needs time to research. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you request these top five lists every week out of me. Uh, I know you enjoy them, but sometimes yeah, there's a lot of planning that goes into these lists. I can't just come off the top of my head with them sometimes. I, this is news to me. I, I listen to you faithfully. I don't always expect there to have been a lot of planning on your side. I think you just show up with some of these things. But that's well, these credit are- to your professionalism that you make it seem just so natural. Let's put a bow on this one. What are you expecting for men's basketball tonight? Or is the answer, we have really no idea what to expect. Uh, Jacoby Glenn is a nice uh, entry there from Mario yeah. as uh, top five guys have left. Uh, still two and change left in Cincinnati, Wichita, so you're not missing the game yet. I think BJ said it, Trace. We talked about it. What kind of start does UCF get off to? Are they able to at least stay in this game? Are they able to keep it close? Obviously, Houston's coming off of two straight losses. They're at home. You know, BJ talked about they've probably been running their legs off the last couple of days in practice, so they're going to be a tad motivated, fired up. Can we withstand the run? Can we at least stay in the game early and then just be consistent? We got to find a guy to get some get some good looks, get some shots going in. You know, hustle, play some defense, keep it close, and you never know what happens. If you keep it close, we can find a guy. I mean, BJ said it perfectly. Brandon Mahan is perfectly happy to shoot a ball off one leg, looking the other direction with an arm tied behind his back. So if we can keep it close, we can hit one of those shots at the end to make it interesting. So keep it close, um, you know, get off to a good start, and let, let the chips fall where they make. Yeah, Houston is the more talented team, so we're going to have to out-hustle them. we got to be on every loose ball. we got to be out crashing the boards all night. And like you said, shorten the game, cut it, cut it down to five-minute increments, and then keep that keep us in the game with five minutes to go with a chance to win. I'll take that. I want to thank BJ Taylor for his insights and analysis on men's and women's basketball. And Stephen Branca, new to the ESPN Plus family, covering the Knights this weekend, opening weekend for baseball. Uh, and be sure to check out Greg Lovelady and the interview on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. We may have a little bit of a uh, challenge coming up in the weeks ahead to try and get that YouTube subscriber count up. 
want to see us hit that 500 mark, maybe some prizes. Mike, I'm sure he's got some hats somewhere in the garage uh, or, or not uh, that, that he might be able to give away. I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in. Sons of UCF Live tonight. For Adam and Mike, I'm Trace Trolko. Go Knights, everyone. Everybody right charge on. on, except for Juan Gonzalez. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.